the fact that our sinfulness is our biggest problem is true, mainly because it's a problem to God's holy, righteous, perfect character. God demands perfection, and he must punish sin. Therefore, my deepest needs are a perfect righteousness that God will accept that I can't work up. And on top of that, I need rescue from the fair punishment that my sin deserves. And I'm completely unable to provide either of these. Yeah, yeah. My two hugest problems. Greetings, this is Marcus Staples, your servant in Jesus Christ, coming to you with another audition of Unpacking the Theology, the show that unpacks the reason behind the rhyme in Christian hip-hop. On today's show, we will be unpacking Timothy Brindle's track, The Great Exchange, from his album Restoration, put out by Lamp Mode Recordings. I want to start off by telling you a little story. A few years ago, I heard a sermon titled The Great Exchange. In the sermon was told about this great exchange, this thing that Christians must go through. The speaker explained that the great exchange was that if you give yourself and give up your will in exchange for God's will, then it's the best exchange you could ever make. Now, that sounds empty. That sounds vain. That sounds, well, unfulfilling. I mean, there's a lot of things going on in my heart. There's a lot of things that I want to do. And you're telling me I have to give those up for God? Well, what's in it for me? Oh, you're going to tell me about how God wants to bless me and, and how God loves me and how his will is better than my own. But there's really nothing solid there. And even if I do... You know, I give up my will and I, I get exchange. I give it in exchange for God's will. Well, let's say things do get better. Let's say things uh, are starting to look up. That's not going to last. See, we live in a fallen world and bad things are bound to happen. When something does happen, like let's say death in the family or we're praying for someone who's sick and they just don't make it. Or we fall on hard times and we lose our job, lose our house, lose everything what are we going to hold on to then when we gave up everything and then god repays us with that what kind of exchange is that going to be what is that going to do to somebody's faith see god's great exchange is much better than that great exchange and that's what we're going to talk about today so let's get right to our verse our verse comes out of second corinthians chapter 5 verses 21 it states for our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now we're going to come back to this one later, as there's going to be a ton of scripture in this episode. Now, if you didn't know, every scripture that we use in every episode, including any other outside resources, it can be found accompanying each episode in our podcast description and on our website. So you can come back to those later, or search and read those as we go through each episode. Now, this track, Timothy Brindle talks about two major problems. Both of these problems are vital to mankind and vital to the situation that we find ourselves in on this earth. Problem one, God demands perfection. For our first example, we're going to take a look at Jesus' Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. Jesus starts this discourse after the Beatitudes by explaining to the people that he has not come to abolish the law. He goes on to start preaching the law and giving the people specific examples on things like anger, lust, divorce, oaths, retaliation, and loving your enemies. 
things that anyone in the audience would find themselves guilty of as soon as they heard Jesus give his examples. Not only that, but Jesus closes this chapter by saying, You, therefore, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. See, already right there, everyone who's in Jesus' listening is condemned because all of them have been angry at their neighbor or all of them have looked on a woman with lust in their heart. They're guilty and they know it. And then Jesus follows up with, be perfect? Well, all of them already know they're far from perfect. James, the half-brother of Jesus, puts it this way, for whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for it all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. And like Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, if you looked on a woman with lust, you commit adultery. Or if you are angry with your brother, you've committed murder. James is just taking this one step further and saying that if you've broken one law, you've broken them all. See, the problem is we don't live up. The prophet Isaiah puts it like this, We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a polluted garment. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. John the disciple says, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. These point to your sins. But what about our good works? You know, we might mess up every once in a while, but you've heard it say, people are generally good. Or you've heard somebody try to defend themselves and say, well, I don't mess up all that often, or I do a lot of good things. Well, the Bible would beg to differ. Charles Spurgeon sums it up this way. Every act we do as a result of the flesh is to sin again, and our best performances are so stained with sin that it is hard to know whether they are good works or bad works. This is our first problem. God demands perfection, and we can't live up to that perfection. Problem two, God must punish sin. God cannot coexist with sin. 1 John chapter one, this is the message we have heard from the beginning and proclaim to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. See, sin is the very act of rebellion against God and his perfect moral character. Sin itself is contrary to God's nature, and it separates us from God. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death. He goes on to say in Romans 7 and 8, and states explicitly in Galatians 2, that the law cannot save us. So how do we solve the problem of us having sin and God having to punish that sin? See, sin must be atoned for, and it must be atoned for with blood. Hebrews 9.22 says, Indeed, under the law, almost everything is purified in blood. See, in the Levitical tradition, blood was sprinkled on everything to purify it. It was sprinkled on the altar, it was sprinkled on the tents, it was sprinkled on the utensils, it was sprinkled on the candles, it was sprinkled on everything. Hebrews goes on to say, And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. See, in the Old Testament sacrificial system, they had to sacrifice animals. These animals were a representation of the blood that had to be sacrificed for the sins of the people. 
but the Old Testament sacrifices weren't sufficient. He, the author of Hebrews goes on to say, For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. In these sacrifices there is a reminder of sins every year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. If blood must be paid, and animal sacrifices are not sufficient, how do we solve this problem? We can't. Again, remember Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death. Now, can we pay for our own sins with our own death? We can't do that either. See, the Old Testament sacrificial system called for a spotless sacrifice. This would be a lamb without any spot or blemish. It was to represent the perfection that the sacrifice that has to pay for our sins has to be. And we are not spotless. Our sins have left us muddied up. The only payment for those sins would be our eternal punishment. So we cannot die for our own sins and be forgiven of those sins. The only thing that happens when we die because of our sin is eternal punishment for our sin. The thing is, Christ paid for our sins himself. He came to the earth, put on the likeness of human flesh, lived a perfect spotless life, and then died and took on our sins. As our verse for today says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. The prophet Isaiah puts it like this, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was a chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own ways, and Yahweh has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Yet it was the will of Yahweh to crush him. He has put him to grief when his soul makes an offering for guilt. He shall see his offspring. He shall prolong his days. The will of Yahweh shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous and he shall bear their iniquities. See, Jesus paid the price for our sins so that we don't have to. This is the great exchange. It's not that we give our lives and we get eternal life as a reward. It's not that we give our will in exchange for God's will. No, it's that Christ gave us his righteousness and took our sin upon himself by dying on the cross. I have nothing to offer. My righteousness is just filthy rags. The exchange God offers is so, so much better than the meager insult of an offering I have to give to God. It's all about what God has done for me. And we'll wrap this up with a reading from Romans chapter 3 that explains how we are to receive this free gift. It reads, 
But now, the righteousness of God has been manifest apart from the law, although the law and the prophets bear witness to it. The righteousness of God, through faith in Jesus Christ, for all who believe. For there is no distinction, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by his grace as a gift, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forth as propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in his divine forbearance he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just and the justifier for the one who has faith in Jesus. This track is a wonderful example of the mercy that God has shown to us. When all we deserve is his wrath and judgment, he gave his son so that we might be reconciled to him. If you're interested in learning more about this and Christ's atoning work, I encourage you, check out Timothy Brindle's album, Restoration. You can find a link to purchase it on our website, unpackingthetheology.wordpress.com. As always, if you have any tracks you would like us to unpack, please leave a note in the comments section or use the link to find us on Google+. We hope you can join us for our next unpacking. Thank you and God bless. Yeah,